Well, Monica's mom is uh, worse than we thought. Yikes. That last dinner, she pulled out all the tricks. She's like, does the crying work? <laughs> no, it doesn't work. Okay, well, now I'm going to yell at you. And now I'm going to feel bad. Let's just make up. So I, it, so I don't really love Monica all that much. I think she's doing a lot, but I'm kind of seeing how she was sort of doomed. And how do you not get therapy? How are you not in extensive therapy? Well, she has kids, so she's like, I don't have time. But yeah, she should definitely be... Monica, I mean, should be talking to a therapist. I think they said that they need a therapist. I think that's what Monica's mom said. But I don't really trust anything that comes out of that woman's mouth, especially when there's a camera right there. Um, but okay. Welcome to She Speaks Bravo, your source for unnecessarily detailed and analytical recaps of your favorite reality TV shows. Make sure you like this video, subscribe, and turn on notifications so you never miss when I upload an episode. And for my audio listeners, please rate and or review the pod on whatever platform you listen. It's a great way to support the show. And thank you all. I just want to say thank you. I'm feeling very grateful. I'm getting excited to go to BravoCon. I'm getting excited to be a part of that. And I just want to say thank you to anyone who listens, watches, supports in any way, because that has helped me. I mean, anyone can go to BravoCon, I guess, if you get a ticket. But you know what I mean. I'm just feeling... So I will be bringing live updates. Make sure if you're not already, follow me on TikTok, because I'll be going live on TikTok. There, It's just an easier platform than uh, Instagram Live. And I will be posting a ton of my stories. And if you are a Patreon subscriber, I'm going to get you some exclusive after hours tea. I'm going to try my best to document stealth what I can. And I'll be posting everything over on the Patreon for all tiers. If you are a moment queen, though, I will be posting video footage whenever I can. I mean, that's real risky, but you know, it's the Patreon and it's just for the moment queens. So that will be your exclusive content. Okay, now let's start this damn show. So if you're watching on any, whatever platform you are watching, I have on these Lisa Barlow inspired, they're kind of Angie K inspired glasses, but Wendy's, AKA Wendy's, the fast food chain, the most delicious chicken nuggets ever. They are spot. They're one of the sponsors for BravoCon, and they sent me this survival kit box, and these were in there, and I am obsessed with them. I've done so much prep for BravoCon. I originally thought I was going to wake up early and record this, and then go about my day and finish getting ready, but I couldn't even kind of focus because I'm like, hold on, have I packed that? Did I, I need to go get that? Oh my god! So I only have like an hour. And I'm also going to be a bit of a disappointment. I will do Salt Lake City, but I couldn't finish taking notes on Winter House. Literally, I just like fell asleep mid-note taking. And I woke up and I was like, oh, shit. I got to Danielle is in the hot tub and Jordan joins. And then I passed out. So I don't have time to do Winter House, but I can double up on that next week. I feel like because I, I did watch it in the background uh, as I was kind of getting all my stuff together. It wasn't like super crazy and I can easily catch up next week. So I got you guys next week. So just Salt Lake City now. Another bummer. And if I have any like makeup artists or tanning experts, I got a fabulous spray tan. But last Tuesday, not this past one, but last one, I got a chemical peel. 
my skin feels amazing, but I underestimated how much I was still peeling. And now look how uneven I am. So I'm going to have to make a trip to Ulta and try to match it. But if any of you have tips, if any of you know, I don't know how, for some reason it's not showing as dramatically as it does in real life. Uh, whatever. But if any of you have tips, I'm all ears. Okay. Okay, Whitney. She tells Justin that she's going to have dinner with Mary. She says in her meditations and in her therapy and in her energy healing that she, Mary keeps coming up. So obviously I still need something, some closure or whatever from Mary. And I'm like, you're not going to get it from Mary. Okay. Your therapist should be telling you, let's find your own inner acceptance. How about that? Let's find your own acceptance of the matter because Mary is done with you. Okay. Done, done. There's no, even before she was done with you, she was sending you crazy text messages. So let's just move it along. Okay, girl. Thanks. Then they talk about how their daughter's birthday is going to be coming up. And there was like some miscommunication about the date. I truly cannot tell if Whitney's do, if this is a real miscommunication and if he's like, honey, I got to go. It's the kickoff conference. She's like, well, if I'll move it to the weekend before, but that's also the prism event. Are you going to help? And he's like, yeah, I'll help. And she goes, one other thing. Have you made a therapy appointment yet? And he, he's like, mm, let me get my phone out because clearly I haven't. So I'm going to go with it's real. It's just hard because Whitney talks like such a fucking robot. I don't mean to be mean, but she just, her delivery of lines, it's almost like she's reading bad, doing a bad reading of a script. Justin, one more thing. Have you made a therapy appointment yet? But I just think that's how she is. You know, I don't want to believe that she's doing this, like sacrificing her marriage and making it look like they're not doing well just for the show. But I don't know. Monica and Heather go snowmobiling. I want to go right now. That looked so fun. And then afterwards, they get to have some hot cocoa in the cabin. Take me there. I need to, I've never been snowmobiling. I've never, I've only ever been to Mammoth, but I don't ski or snowboard because I'm afraid of the ski lift. I have such a fear of heights. So this is when I was still drinking. I was just like at the lodge getting wasted and we had walkies and I was like, you guys want me to order you a drink when you come down? And that's it. But I think snowmobiling I could do as long as I don't have to get on a ski lift. I'm, I'm there. But Heather was the only one to call Monica after the party fiasco. And it was because her mom, Monica's mom not helping her, reminded Heather of when she divorced her ex-husband and her family had a hard time supporting her, et cetera. And she describes her mom. She's like, she was the best. She was so funny and she was great. She taught me how to be a good mom. And it, and then I got divorced and it all went downhill. But Monica's like, that's cute. I've never had a good relationship with my mom. When I was 12... She dropped me at a friend of the family, like not even a family member, a friend in Pennsylvania so that she could go to New York and, quote, pursue her dreams. And I'm sure you guys saw that Monica's mom posted a very creepy, like, jump scare post. Like, I just want to say I did not abandon Monica with her weird eyes and her purse that... Per 
she purses her lips. Um, but there's no way around it. You, she's her 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 excuse was she knew the family. Yeah, I'm sure she did. <laughs> but you still left a 12 year old to go to New York. So now at least acknowledge like was it the best move? Should have should have done better. But whatever. That woman. We'll get to her. We'll get to her. Okay. And Monica's mom or dad left at four. Her mom leaves her at 12. Yeah, Monica's got some problems. But Heather Heather goes, I've been there. Been <laughs> where? You've, you've, you've been where? Have you been? She's talking about how she was. Were you, okay. I don't think you have. Heather tells Monica something. I really love this line. She goes, but you're creating a new village for yourself. You're creating... A village. And I thought that was a great line. I'm sure she's, I'm sure in her therapy, I believe Heather's in therapy, she uh, figured that one out. Because after she left the church, I'm sure she had to create her own new village. Ooh, tied it in. Okay, John and Jack, they have such a sweet relationship. And it's based clearly in faith. Because uh, John went on a mission. When he was younger. And so they're sitting there looking at photos from when he went on a mission. And um, we find out that John knew about the mission two weeks. Two weeks before Lisa. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Lisa was not happy. She talked about it on Watch What Happens Live. Not happy. Oh, my God. Watch What Happens Live with Danny Pellegrino and with Lisa Barlow. It was everything. But Andy's tired, guys. I don't, Andy is exhausted. He has two whole kids now. Two. I don't think he's up for this anymore. Any, like, Danny is literal perfection. I don't know how he remembers things so quickly. Like, when he's asked a question, like, who would you want to see back on Housewives? He has an answer. And, like, my brain doesn't work that fast. And I know that's beneficial on Watch What Happens Live because Andy, you, you can always sense when Andy gets pissed or taking too long to answer a question. You can tell. You know what I mean? But he was... Danny gave great answers and Andy just gives nothing. He's tired. He needs a break. And they, they just got back from vacation not too long ago. The Watch What Happens Live. So, uh-oh. Yeah, I think it's 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 not so easy having two children. Like, come on now. The way that um, John and Lisa met was that John was – rooming with someone that Lisa's older sister brought Lisa to hang out with. Did I, I just explained that so confusing, but you saw the show, you know what I'm talking about. I could have swore Lisa said that John and her sister actually dated. So maybe they were dating and then he, she brings Lisa to hang with John's roommate. And John's like, uh, forget you, Lisa, you're my girl. Ooh, scandal. Clearly not too much of one. All right. Lisa joins this conversation. And honestly, I felt bad for Lisa because Jack just does not like her. And Lisa knows it. In her confessional, she's like, I am starting to realize that he doesn't care about anything I have to say. And that's, I feel bad. I mean, I don't know the full extent of it. And I don't want to um, discredit any of the trauma Lisa may have caused Jack, as I think it's possible. Um, but he's just so not interested in anything she says. She says something and then Jack goes to answer, but he looks at John. Like she's talking over here and he's like, anyway, I'm going to answer you, not mom. 
feels sad. But I'm going to assume it's the the religion aspect that brings John and, and Jack closer. And Lisa, like, seems like a heathen, maybe, to, to Jack. Is that what it is, maybe? Not a good Mormon? I mean... Lisa seems like she's loving Mormonism and no one's given her any grief for how she dresses or how she acts or whatever. So, but doesn't she not go to church? No, she does go to church. I'm very, I do. I would like Lisa to explain her experience with the church a little bit more because it's just so different than Heather's. And I'm not Mormon. I don't want to insult the religion, um, but it's just a little, it's a little baffling how vastly different Heather's experience was, and now Jack and John and Lisa are experiencing it. You know what I mean? Lisa's confessional, she's like, and then one day Jack decided he needed frosted tips. <laughs> I mean, why are we reliving the 90s? Important things. I bet the hair really pissed her off, and she knows she can't say anything. And at the, at the um, what's it called? The mission reveal a lot of people had Jack's hair. A lot of Jack's friends were like identical hairstyles. So it's the thing, apparently. John cries in his confessional over how proud he is of Jack. Now, isn't that the cutest thing ever? He cries. It was sweet. John tells Jack, look, you know, you can come home whenever you want because there were days I wanted to come home. And I just wish Lisa had sat this one out. I really do. This was very Jessel. She goes, yeah, okay, like, I'm going to tell you this story. I had a roommate in college who was super weird, and I came home one day, and she was, like, wearing all my clothes and, like, lying on my bed. And she keeps looking at John because she knows she should she, – she can tell that Jack doesn't want to hear it. But then she, like, tries her best to tie it in because she really just wanted to tell that story. It's not the same as being on a mission <laughs> and having to deal with people. But you're going to have companions that you're, like, not going to like, you know? And, like, you can come home. Okay. He's like, thanks, guys. Bye. Heather, Whitney, Meredith, and Monica go cross-country skiing. Meredith thrives. Who knew I was such a natural? She's doing her best. But Whitney calls this cross-country skiing thing something that elderly women do. And so, they, you know, the fact that Meredith is thriving, whatever, all right, we're not going to be ageist around here, Whitney. But how does Whitney fall? And then Monica. <laughs> At one point, too, you see, like, camera people running to try to catch up. They tailgate after, which was, like, the chicest tailgate I've ever seen. This was fun. Like, I would have totally been down for this. Cross-country skiing, which looked like something I could actually do. And it's like a little ride you were on. Couldn't get too hurt. And then afterwards, she's got this like charcuterie board laid out. I'm like, okay, fun. This is a good activity. But Monica is in a rental because her mother, the car is in her name, but Monica pays for the car. I mean, obviously, we need to change that immediately. Like, Monica, let's figure out a way to get your mom off of anything of yours, okay? And so Monica after the party, gets a call from her mom, and it's like, if I want the car by 4 p.m. or I'm calling the police and saying it was stolen. So Monica had to give the mom the car, and the mom took the car, leaving her and her four children carless. So she had to rent a car. Okay? And Meredith hadn't met um, Monica's mom because she wasn't at the Easter thing. And Heather's like, you know, you'd actually like her. She's like, she's charming. 
And Monica goes, yeah, like how Ted Bundy was charming. <laughs> okay. I would actually not be surprised if Linda had a violent, like a secret violent past because she's got something behind her eyes. I'll tell you that much. Heather goes, I guess, wow, I'm the only one not talking to my mom. And Whitney goes, okay, I would like to remind you that I didn't talk to my mom for 13 years. Do not out trauma me. Okay, Heather, got it? And Meredith goes, I have plenty of trauma, but I do speak with my mother all the time. Thanks, Meredith. Whitney invites them to a thing that she's hosting. And then she goes, but Meredith, I have to have an awkward conversation with you. Whitney's like, I don't like how basically you're saying you want to ruin Angie's life. And why, Whitney, why can you never deliver this stuff properly? And this is like, we've already established she's not going to admit this. You got to catch Meredith. That's how you have to do this. If someone is going to snake behind the scenes and never admit it, you can't try over and over and over again to get them to talk about it on camera. But for Meredith, you see, she... Could not believe. How could you see my car crashed on the side of the road and not reach out to me for 48 hours? So Whitney said, yeah, no, I drove by that car. And then they give us the flashback because I was like, wait, was the car fucked up? No, it was just like in the snow. Um, and so I'm not used to living in snow. Anything would traumatize me. But these are Utah girlies, which obviously Meredith is not really. Because Whitney says, you said you were in a near fatal accident and the car I saw was like not that. And Meredith takes her time getting through this. She takes her time, I tell you. She says, what I can tell you is this. When I got into that accident, my life did flash before my eyes. And I'm sure, you know, maybe it did. And the thought that my last significant interaction was, the longest pauses, what happened that day was incomprehensible. Incomprehensible. Truly, I don't threaten people. I don't hurt people. I don't even wish ill toward anyone, including Angie. It's, it's not true. But Whitney goes, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Whitney, what are you talking about? Whitney, thank you. For what? She's like, I just want this to end. So can you stop already? You got to stop. The rumors and nastiness about her. When I found out that bad sleep could cause weight gain, I was like, okay, I need to get my sleep under control. Now we've gone too far. Because I just have never really gotten good sleep. I always envy those people that can just lay in a bed and fall asleep. Not me. I toss. I turn. It's not pretty. And apparently not sleeping makes you not pretty. Okay? Introducing Beam Dream. This is the healthy hot cocoa for sleep by Beam. It is their dream powder. And today, my listeners get a special discount on Beam's dream powder, which is their best-selling healthy hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. It is now available in delicious seasonal flavors like cinnamon cacao, sea salt caramel, amazing, and white chocolate peppermint. Better sleep has never tasted better. Dream contains a powerful all-natural blend of reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, melatonin, and nano CBD. Talk about a powerhouse of ingredients. 
They help you fall asleep, they help you stay asleep, and you wake up refreshed and healthy. A recent clinical study revealed Dream helped 93% of users wake up feeling more refreshed, and 93% reported that Dream helped them get a more restful night's sleep. You just mix Beam Dream into hot water or milk, stir or froth, and enjoy before bedtime. I'm a big fan of the sea salt caramel. I love having that. I have that every night around midnight. I could do it earlier, but it knocks you out. But you don't wake up groggy and feeling like you were drugged the night before, you know? If you want to try Beam's best-selling dream powder, take advantage of their biggest sale of the year and get up to 50% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash she speaks and use code cyber at checkout. That's shopbeam.com slash she speaks and use the code cyber for up to 50% off. How could you do this to me? Question mark. The seasons, they're changing. It's starting to feel like fall. Seasonal flavors of things are coming into play. But I'll tell you what is never in season. Body odor, okay? I know I've preached about Lumi plenty of times, but I'm going to do it again. Because I have been using Lumi for years. Almost at this point, a decade. Lumi was created by an OBGYN who was tired of the vagine getting all the blame for odor down there. She realized that body odor is actually not just an underarm thing. It's everywhere on the body. She formulated a pH optimized deodorant that's clinically proven to control odor everywhere for up to 72 hours. I recommend showering within a 72 hour window, but hey, if you can't, you got the Lumi. I discovered Lumi. I was working in restaurants. There's lots of running around and whatnot, so it makes sense that body odor occurred. But I just happened to hook up with someone new. And a couple days later, I smell a smell from that bikini region that was a new smell. And I was like, oh, I have an STD. Wonderful. So in my Google searching, I was then targeted by a Lumi ad. And once I saw deodorant for the whole body created by an OBGYN, I was like, well, it'd be a lot easier if this was just body odor and not an STD. So I impulse purchased the Lumi. Boom, use the Lumi, no more odor. It smelled like the lilac scent that I got and problem solved. Never called that guy again, I'll tell you that much. I was too scared. What makes Lumi different than any other deodorant is it was created by an OBGYN for the entire body, but it's aluminum free, it's baking soda free, it's paraben free, it's pH balanced to use below the belt, and it is clinically proven to control odor better than a shower with soap alone. 12 hours after a shower, the average person has an odor level of 6 out of 10. With Lumi, the average odor level is a zero out of 10, okay? Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for our listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code SHESPEAKS at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% of your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code SHESPEAKS. I love that. We get a very long scene with Angie and her dad and like teaching how to make chicken lemon rice and stuff. And don't get me wrong, I love it, but it felt like quite a long time for this scene where I couldn't 
totally tell what the point like story wise was other than she talks about how she hasn't had a date with just her and Sean for over a year and a half, maybe even two years. And she's like, but you and mom never went out, did you? Like you put all the money towards the kids. Her dad's advice is be firm and show Sean who the boss is. And then Sean comes home and is like not even interested. He's barely even listening to Angie when she's like, do you want us to make you a plate? And he's like, I'm going to go shower. So if it was just to show the tone of the relationship, mission accomplished, I get, because I was, I guess, because I was a little confused. Um, it didn't look very loving. Uh, like there was like an undertone of something else. Like that dad knew something too. Dad was like, you show him who's boss. I'm like, hmm. Why is that your advice? You know? Oh, Mary and Whitney meet for dinner. I mean, Whitney, what are you doing? Whitney, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Why would you do this to yourself? We missed you at Greek Easter. First of all, as soon as Mary gets there, you need to open with an apology. This is how it could have been effective. I wanted to bring you here to formally apologize on camera, but you know, maybe you don't need to say that, for calling you and your husband a predator. That was too far, especially to say on a platform like this. And I do actually not think that. That's how you lead in. You don't start with, we missed you at Greek Easter, because you just set Mary up to say, I didn't miss it. <laughs> Duh. Of course she didn't miss it. Whitney. The server drops the food, though, and it spills on Mary, and I had a heart attack. I had, I'm like, that server is fired. If Mary could fire someone on the spot in that restaurant, she would have fired that, that server. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. But Mary goes, Whitney, you better come with it, okay? You called this shot. You better shoot your shot. And I was like, look, Mary's not my fave, but she's right. What is your point? Whitney, get to it, okay? Go ahead. Hurry it up. Whitney goes, I got caught up in a lot of bullshit talking about you. I'm sorry. That's, I, like, Mary, I'm, I was, like, right with Mary. I'm like, this isn't, Mary's going, like, no, mm -mm, no, mm, no, no, no. You severed our relationship. And then already, Whitney, you have to own your part. You sent me mean text messages. That is what you're going to bust out here in this conversation, the mean text messages. My point is, like, what I said at the top of the show she was not ever really nice to you. So like, why are you, what are you rekindling? What are you fixing? There's nothing to fix. Like she didn't really like you. She was sending you nasty text messages before this whole thing happened. Then you call her a predator. It's buried in the ground, six feet under dead and gone. Any kind of weird fake filming relationship. It's gone. Just be an, a happy enemy with her because I don't even think you like Mary. I, I don't blame you for not liking Mary from your perspective. Mary kind of sucks to you. So what is, what, what is, Whitney, what you do, what you doing here, honey? What's, uh, what's going on? They flashed to Whitney reading those texts though. It's, it's hard because they're so comedically mean, but they are so mean. But like, it's funny when Whitney's reading them. So it's like a very, it's confusing. But Mary goes, grow up little girl. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Watch me leave. Whitney, I brought you here to take accountability. She, Mary's like, so do it. She's like, well, I want you to do the same. You thought Mary was going to take accountability? You thought Mary only showed up here because she thought by now you knew that you needed to say you're sorry for the predator thing and like 
praise her, bow down to her, and worship her. That's the rule for Mary. But you're not doing that. Whitney, you can be mean, but I can't. You called me and my husband a predator. No, not that's done. And she's like, that was awful. But you sent mean text messages. Oh. Mary's confessional, someone is going to backhand her. And it might be me. Mary then says, Whitney, we're done. Goodbye. And then asks the server for a to-go box. She wants her stuff wrapped up to go. And while she's sitting there, she goes, enjoy your oysters. Slurp up. And I'm sorry, I forgot that she already at this point said, no, that's what you don't get. Wake up, bobblehead. And then she like bobbled her head. (laughs) Wow, that gave me a headache. I don't think this is where you want to leave it. (laughs) She could care less, girl. Like literally, what are you talking about? Mary says, watch me. Well, I don't know what you came for. For you to apologize. She came for you to say, I'm so sorry and beg for forgiveness and say that she is the almighty powerful being. Duh. You know. Jack's mission reveal party. Lisa, okay, I'm sorry. I know she's really horrible for some of you. But for those of us who who appreciate her ridiculousness, this was Lisa's ridiculousness at its best. In her confessional, she's like, I might be a little bit of a control freak. You know, I like things how I like them. Like if I want customized colored seats in my G-Wagon, I will get it. But like with this mission, I can't control that. (laughs) That's the thing with Lisa is she doesn't go that much deeper Um, in in a way that I sort of envy. I envy that that would be my main source of stress is like figuring out a G-Wagon seat color. And she's like, yeah. And like tells it to you not realizing how out of touch these sounds. She's like, I know, right? You're like, just don't change. It's just how you are. I was impressed, or maybe not impressed. I was confused. I was bewildered. I was impressed, confused, bewildered, all of the things about how many faces were blurred. How many people are like, I'm not being on this damn show, but I do want to come to Jack's party. All the boys have kind of the same hair. When Jack gets up and announces it, Lisa's face, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Columbia, Bogota. Oof, oof. Lisa's then confessional again. He'll probably be held up at gunpoint. My friend's son did his mission in Colombia and he was held up at gunpoint like weekly. So he would just carry an extra few bucks in his pocket so he could be like, okay, I see the gun. Here's the cash. I mean, overall, it's thrilling. (laughs) What? She doubled, she tripled down on Watch What Happens Live. But then she ended it with, but we love Colombia. We love it. I mean, look, I don't think she would lie about that. I think she's just telling a genuine story. I also think people know that about Columbia. I can't remember who. It actually, it wasn't New It was New York. When they went to Columbia, um, I remember Dorinda being like, is it safe? And then also, I think it was Beverly Hills. It was a throwaway moment. Faye was talking about having been to Columbia. And whoever she was telling was like, ooh, that kind of scares me. And she's like, you get security and it's out of your mind. You don't even think about it. Oh, okay. I'll get myself some security detail. Monica meets Linda. 
for dinner. Linda could not be more obvious. She immediately starts crying, but she's crying and like kind of looking at Monica. She's like, uh-huh, are you uh-huh, are you looking? No. OK. And then Monica just asked the server, can I get a straw? And then Linda's like, that wasn't enough here. What if I cry a little bit harder? Uh-huh, uh-huh, like really leans into it. And then she's like, well, that gave me a headache. OK. And then she tries this one. She tries another one, her, her other tactic. I watched a movie about an older lady in Croatia who had issues with her mom. The mom died and they hadn't resolved their issues. And I don't want that to happen to us. What's interesting is that is a victim story. Like you're the mom in that situation. You are the mom. The mom died and hadn't resolved their issue. And you're, I'm going to die And you're not going to, I don't want that to be us. Well, then don't be you, okay? Monica's like, you want me to feel bad for you when I was crying and you didn't give a shit. And Linda's face, she's like, ooh, don't you? Monica says, and you want me to sit here and feel bad for you? Linda gets the neck roll like I've never seen a neck roll. Mm, 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 mm. I'm not asking you to feel anything for me. I'm asking you to have a conversation. Ooh. Monica's like, don't talk to me like that. Linda, Linda said, okay. You said in Palm Springs, you were trying to calm Angie down because you care about her. That's what I was trying to do with you. Then I had this epiphany, guys, and I made some content about it. So you may have already seen it on uh, TikTok and IG. What Monica thinks she did for Angie in Palm Springs is clearly what her mom has done to her numerous times. You know, maybe they've gone somewhere with new people. And as soon as Monica started acting up a little bit, there's Linda shaming her, making her feel bad, but then framing it like, I'm, I care about you. I just don't want you to embarrass yourself. I care about you. Like no loyalty, just, and that's what Monica did. Like no matter how you felt about Angie going to Palm Springs, that was allegedly um, Monica's closest friend in the group, like the one that quote brought her in. They have this connection through Jen Shaw and she turned on her as fast as she could because she wanted to kiss up to Meredith, the new friend, the hostess, the one with the power there. It's like, you don't even realize you're doing it, but it was like, so the parallels, you know, and I know that like Angie was acting up and acting a fool, but it's still, so was, so was Monica, you know? So therapy, <laughs> what about therapy? Monica's like, I didn't get in Angie's face. Okay, but you did. You did. You did. So let's reflect some more. And Linda goes, I don't know what to do with this. And Monica's like, I know you tried crying. You tried yelling, which she had. But of course, Linda, if you bust Linda, she gets even crazier, meaner. She goes, don't talk to me like that. Don't mock my feelings. Those were real feelings. Monica keeps talking and Linda finally screams, let me talk, motherfucker. Monica's like, did you just call me a fucker? Linda says, I called you a motherfucker. Her mouth and like her eyes, her face, ooh, her face, ooh. 
damn, some abuse. It's like, Monica, if I, if I had a mom that was challenging and I'm, I got my ass in therapy too, because you, it's so easy to repeat this. It's learned behavior. It's what we were taught to do. So if your mom's talking to you like this, yeah, you're screwed. You're going to be talking to everybody crazy if you don't fix it. The server drops the food. Linda goes, look at this pretty dessert. It's guacamole. It's guacamole. That sociopath. Serial killer. What? It's guacamole. Dessert? Whatever. Appetizer. Okay, different. No, different. And also Monica ordered the guacamole for the record. Linda says, when we are able to be vulnerable with each other, that's when it will work. Like, when did this start? And you're like, please, lady, don't act like this is some brand new thing. And Monica's like, "Um, my childhood? And Tina's Tina. She has a Tina. She has a Tina vibe. Linda's like, okay, let's start there. Let's start there. And Monica's like, look, I was triggered at that party because it reminded me of when you went to New York and abandoned me. And Monica, I had to start my new job. Sorry, that was Linda. How do we move past this? Well, you have to acknowledge it. You're still not acknowledging it. As an adult, looking back, it's like, fuck, that wasn't my best move. Then Monica throws out, you still haven't worked through your issues. And then we get the history which is wild to find out that Monica and her mom have had a difficult relationship because clearly there's her mom still really taking care of her mom or so Monica's grandma. Like we see her still trying to get that validation. But if her mom, Monica's, Linda's mom, Monica's grandma said to Linda as a kid that she never wanted a daughter, a daughter, a daughter, then yeah, that's going to mess her up. Linda goes, I'm over it. <laughs> uh, no, because you treat me the same way your mother treated you. <gasps> that's like the worst thing you could say to Linda, I bet. Ooh, that she's like, how dare you? No, I don't. Monica's confessional um, is going through like the parallels. Like I can just see how like, I got pregnant too young. My mom got pregnant too young. Um, I've had fucked up marriages. Her mom uh, converted outside, out of, left Catholicism to become a Mormon and then moved out of Boston, now lives in Utah, like all these things. So Monica just sees this line of resentment. So she's, if she wants to not repeat this, she needs to get some therapy so that she can talk out Because it's not just like talking out what's happened in her life and having the therapist be like, damn, that's fucked up. It's when you have a fight with someone like a fight with someone like with Angie at the party where it blew up that way. Then you can talk to someone who has a neutral view of it and they can present things like, well, hmm. Now, maybe do you think and like it just it's very good to bounce this off, you know, you know what I'm saying? Then Linda goes so far as to call her Monica Darnell. And she's like, bitch, you know my fucking name, okay? You know my name is Fowler, all right? I don't know. You change your name every other week. What? She goes, okay, yeah, it's nothing like you, like what you've done to me, because Linda's trying to make it seem like Monica's bad. She's like, like, sit in the back of a trunk, sit in the back of a trunk of a car while you make out with your boy toys. And... 
Linda goes, that was one time. I'm like, oh, I thought you were going to say like that never happened. But you're like, and? And then she goes, I'm sorry that I kissed a boy. <gasps> That's so toxic. Monica's like, and still right now. No, it's about the position you put me in as a kid. And you still right now don't give a fuck. Linda says, I don't. Get over it. She says, get over it. I How about the vulnerability? Linda, where'd that vulnerability go that you said that you guys needed and could have worked through things together with the vulnerability? Huh? Huh? So, please. It, it was an ugly, it was hard to watch. It was definitely t tricky for a lot of people. Uh, I got a lot of comments from people being like, this isn't fun. I kind of don't want the moms to be on this show. I, I go back and forth because I think it's for women, especially, I think for humans, their relationship with their parents is such a huge part of their story. And if Monica's mom is this way, I think it's kind of interesting to see it, the way it shakes out with the group, you know? So, anyway. All right, I gotta wrap this up. Winter House I'll get to next week, I promise. But I got to edit this so I can hop on the flight and get to Vegas. Huh. Again, anyone any advice on how to even this out? Would like a sunless, sprayless tanner thing, you know, like an over-the-counter, would that work? Or would it just make it a billion times worse? Because I could see it going that route. Anywho. I love you guys, mean it, and I will see you from BravoCon. Thank you so much for watching and for listening to She Speaks Bravo with Emily Hanks. If you haven't already, would you mind leaving a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you listen? That would be amazing. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you are subscribed and hit that bell so you don't miss an episode. And if you're looking for more content, more exclusive bonus content, check out the Patreon. I post two exclusive episodes a month and I'm covering just the Bravo jams like Classic Roni, Atlanta, and of course Vanderpump Rules. If you just want to support the show, head to buymeacoffee.com slash shespeaksbravo and buy me a coffee or two or five. We also have merch available at shespeaksbravo.com. And if you're interested in hearing my takes on non-Bravo shows, check out my new podcast, She Speaks It All. I cover the challenge, drag race, and any other show I'm obsessed with that's not... Bravo. She Speaks It All is available everywhere you get your podcasts, just like this show. Make sure you're following me on the social medias. I am She Speaks Bravo across all platforms. Thank you so much for any support you give the show, even if it's just listening. Appreciate you. Love you. Mean it. I'll see you soon. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.